Um, now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Fuck, Honk, Kill with Maché and Abby. Hello, it's Maché. And I'm Abby. <laughs> we got it. We did it. Um, this is the podcast where we watch some spooky movies and then we talk about them. And then we decide who of the characters we would fuck, haunt, and kill. Exciting. And our first episode is about a well-known film called The Exorcist. The Exorcist. And we recorded that episode um, without testing the microphone. And so, the sound is... (laughs) But don't worry, we fixed it for the second episode. It's gonna be better. I promise. But now you listen to the first episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Here it is. Bye. Snap. Snap. So entertain the audience. Um. Hey. Hey, everyone. Um. So we're we're here. She hears everything. <laughs> we're here. Who hears everything? Megan. Megan yeah. What's she listening? Don't be listening. Um. We're here. I've got some orange juice. Mache has anonymous tea. We have, in fact, taken a shot of raspberry vodka. Do we take another one? Uh, we can do that. We'll do that halfway time. through. Yeah, 100%. And keep stay tuned. Make sure you stay listening just in case we we take another shot. We've um we've discussed many things. We've discussed dog erections. So really, we're not that. <laughs> you know that's the that's the after hours. Well, before hours, both. I'm sure we'll talk about dog erections again when the time comes. Yeah. The There's always time to talk about dog erections, really. Who doesn't love them? Um, many people. <laughs> I hate many them. Many dogs as well, I assume. I'd say it's embarrassing for dogs. Thank you. You think so? Uh-huh. I would say exactly the opposite. I don't think it's embarrassing for a dog to have erections, just like it's not embarrassing for a dog to have anything, really. True. Dogs have no shame. I don't think being a dog is generally a very embarrassing state of Charlie's like, if I want to have sex with my bed, that is my opinion, and you're going to watch. I mean, yeah, I sometimes do that as well, but <laughs> I don't tell anyone, except on a podcast with people. Well, yeah, exactly, for, for the world, for our millions of listeners. Um, so, this is a podcast, I guess. I don't know. We don't have a name or nothing, right? Um, we could call it Abby's Podcast About Films. Well, that sounds... Uh, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that makes me feel great. Mache! I fucking... Uh, Would you please mute... I, I clearly didn't... That was so. a message from Sarah. I she said, Wow, Mache, we love you, man. Shout out to you, she Sarah. Is she uh, is. Sarah, yes. Um, anyways, in this uh, podcast, we talk about films and we talk about The Exorcist. For, film. Yeah, for this particular episode, we talk about The Exorcist. We'll talk about different films. Yeah, maybe. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> One day. <laughs> if, the, if the stars align. Um, I watched The Exorcist Director's Cut. Um, I watched The Exorcist Director's Cut uh, a while ago, like two weeks ago. And then yesterday I watched the theatrical cut from 1973. The way people saw it in the cinema at the time. It's very similar. And then you also watched the documentary. And I also watched, that's actually kind of cool, yeah. Because I bought the Blu-ray, the the two-disc whatever thing on Amazon that you can buy in Ireland and the UK. And it's, uh, I just want to specify, because there's probably a different one in America. I don't know. And you're probably listening in America, because <laughs> that's where podcasts live. Yeah, that's where they, yeah. Uh, but it was a documentary, it's called uh, Fear of God. It's like an 80 minute, it's pretty long. It's oh called my Fear God. of God, and it's made by uh, Mark Kermode. Oh, interesting. Which I was very happy to 
to see. And he starts off and he starts talking about it and he's like, you know, he's such a big Exorcist fan. And he always talks about it. He has a PhD and I think his PhD was about the Exorcist. Oh my god, they're just letting people have PhDs about anything. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, isn't it? Yeah. I would like to write a PhD one day. Do it. Yeah, maybe I should do a master's first. But anyways, maybe. it was, uh, yeah, it was Mark Remote kind of doing a 25th anniversary kind of thing and talking about a lot of things. Mostly like interviews with uh, cast and William Friedkin and some other people who did some cool things on The Exorcist, like the special effects. I think the editor is there. The guy who did makeup, Dick Smith. Ooh. Exciting. Yeah, so I watched that. But um, I've seen the first time I saw The Exorcist was like when I was 15. Same! Yeah? It was 10 years ago. Wow. We're both 25. That is correct. That is how the maths checks out. Yeah, you're getting a lot better than maths. <laughs> well, I'm practicing. I did have my calculator open um, for that. The, the audience don't see, but I did. That's true. Yeah. Hard um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I first saw it with my friend Juliet, and it was the first horror film I ever watched. Is that true? Okay. Yes, indeed. Um, and I hated it. I found it really scary, and afterwards we watched Bridget Jones' Diary so that Colin Frith could comfort us. Yeah. Did it um, work? It worked, yeah. Okay. But I had, I've ever since had like this traumatic association with Regan. Yeah. Like, I found a birthday card my friend made for me years ago and it just had a little cut out of Reagan's face hidden behind a piece of paper oh yeah I hate it yeah I understand that so and then when you went because you studied film as well film studies yes did you have that like in the university or did we did we study The Exorcist yeah if we did I didn't watch it okay (laughs) fair enough I don't think we did um yeah, I don't. Yeah, no, I don't think we did. Okay, gotcha. So that was the first time you came into in contact with it again after ten years. Was yet yeah, yesterday. <laughs> Exciting. And how was it? Um, I have gotten over my fear. Mm. It's not scary. It's not very scary. It's. Not, I had one jump scare moment, and it was when she. It's the fake out where she has the the candle. Oh yeah, like in the attic. Blows out. Yeah, yeah. used that in the trailer actually. Yeah, that was the one part I found a bit scary. Otherwise, it's just like disturbing. It's kind of, yeah, I think when you watch The Exorcist now and when you think about it, it's more of a, it's upsetting more than anything. Yeah. It's just a sad film about sad things. And I think, uh, yeah, I mean, it kind of goes well with the like 70s thing in America, but I don't think it's very scary it's in not. the way we think about scary right now. I think it's the concept of scary more than anything. I think it's yeah. based off a real thing. I think, have you ever heard of um, The Possession of Annalisa Michelle? Uh, not about this one, uh, I think. When did that happen? I don't, I think it was, I think it might have been, actually wait, it can't have been, it can't have been based off because I think it happened after. after. <laughs> it was inspired It was by. retroactively uh, inspired by. Because um, I think that was one of the arguments that they were like, oh, she probably was just influenced by this. Yeah. Um, but it was in Germany in I think mm-hmm. the like late 70s or 80s. Gotcha. But it was this girl and I listened to, I listened to a podcast about it. Um, crime case file true crime yeah um and it's like they have like recordings of her exorcism and it's horrifying yeah it's one of those things i'm like i feel like i listened to it and i was like i think i believe in possession now i was like there's no possible way it was like a teenage girl how was she making these noises yeah definitely but i think there were a couple of court cases about it and it never really like nothing legally happened about it. like it's always like they find an explanation for this one um i think she because she died 
Mm. Um, because she like wasn't being nourished, so she yeah. died of like I think malnourishment and other stuff. Yeah. Um, but her family and I think a doctor, a physician, like got convicted mm. for um, what's the word, for not paying attention to her. That's how it's called. Yes. Yeah, I would love to convict people of not paying not attention to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, do <that> a lot. <laughs> I do. I try my best. Uh, it never gets to court though. You should work harder. Yeah. The exorcist is actually based uh, on a real case. That is right, but it happened in the forties in uh, oh. in Georgetown as well. I think like where the film is based. So that was kind of based on that because it was first a book, right? Uh, when Peter Belady wrote the book, I'm probably gonna butcher some names here, so I'm sorry about that. That's all uh, right. Blatty. William Peter Blatty. That's how you pronounce that, right? In my brain, I pronounce it Blatty. Yeah, Blatty. William Peter Blatty. Uh, wrote the book first and then wrote the screenplay, but he based it around that case that happened in the 40s. And it was, a, I think it was a teenage boy. He was around 14 or something oh. like that. Uh, but a lot of the stuff, like some of the stuff you see even in the film is kind of from there. Like they said, in the documentary at least, that he had like writing appear on his body with words. Oh yeah, the help me. Yeah, help me. I think he had like more like satanic, like weird things kind of about hell and things. So there was a demon inside of him? Yeah, I think that was kind of a similar thing. That's gay. Possessed, yeah, that's very gay. (laughs) (laughs) If the the exorcist was about a teenage boy, it would be gay. It would be about being gay, yeah. I think that um, there was a lot of gay undertones with the priests. That priest who played the piano was hot for what's his name? Kavos, Kavros, Karos, Karats. <laughs> what was his name? Karis. I think he was um, in love with him. Uh, yeah, there was definitely the scene where he goes to visit him in his room. But also when he's playing the piano and he's like, "I want to be on Broadway." He That's, says something about that. He's actually a priest. Do you know that? that yeah, I know. Priest, yeah. Oh, in real life? Yeah, he's an actual priest. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> two guys who are actually priests. This guy. And then there's um, the guy who only pops up for like two scenes. The one, the first one is when he, when they're having like a beer and the, and Kara says, mm. I don't want to be a priest anymore. And the guy's oh, like, yeah. we need you for some reason. Uh, that, that guy's also a priest and he was actually the technical consultant for the film to kind of make it more like real. For the exorcism. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, that's my documentary knowledge there. there Interesting. Go. Well, you can cut it right there. That's it. It was great. Thank you for listening to the podcast <laughs> the exercise. Goodbye. You can maybe watch the documentary if you're a god then. One thing I found, what was the priest's name? I really should have organized my notes because they're not very useful. I, have, I, I don't have notes. What's his so name? Which one? Mar- Marin, Father Marin. He, number one, he's still alive. He's 90 years old. Like he's uh, old Max, in yeah, Max he's old in the film. Yeah, they made him older. Oh, it's kind of funny because uh, <laughs> Max wants to uh, probably butcher his name again, but he's Swedish, so that's mm. <laughs> nobody cares, right? <laughs> he's been playing older people for his whole career. He's crazy. Started, he's a Bergman guy, right? He's in mm-hmm. the Seven Seal and you know all those big ones, uh, Wild Strawberries. He's there, not as the main character, I think, but he's there. And uh, they just he just got used so used to it, and like they were make him older when he was still like you know pretty young. It's like Maggie Smith and Hook. It's the exact same, really, when you think about it. It's the exact same. I can't believe it took you like twenty minutes to mention. <laughs> uh, it's, it's the best film ever made. It's already, we're already talking about Hook. We could just change this for podcast, but Hook, I don't mind. We don't. We will not do that. Oh, but yeah, but they do <laughs> make him older, and he looks. Very convincing. Super, I mean, I didn't know. That's very convincing. 100%. He looks just like an old guy. Yeah. He just has that kind of face. He does. It's Uh, like a bit, yeah. It's like he was always old. 
But he, it was weird because it was framed as though he was supposed to be a protagonist. Uh, the film starts. And it pretends that he's a protagonist, but he's not. Mm. He's just at the start and the thing where they're really, I feel like calling, I feel like they're make, making, is what's it called? Islam. <laughs> they're making Islam like seem demonic. <laughs> Oh, because it takes place in Iraq? Well, at the start, they have all this music, and I was listening, I was like, oh, this is, like, spooky sounding. It sounds, like, Satan-y. And then I realized they were speaking in Arabic, and I was like, hang on a second. This is Islamophobia. I don't think it is. I think that's exactly what this is supposed to be. That's what it felt like. Okay, that's an interesting Maybe that's thing. Maybe that's a me problem. Yeah, I don't think, like, this, the film is clearly not about Islam, and it's not mentioned again. But it's, I mean, it's kind of, I don't know, it's the thing, it f- gives one religion at the start. And they very much have stuff about Islam. You know, you see them going to the mosque. You see, yeah. like, the um, Islamic women. And yeah. they're like, you only see them at one point, And one, like, stares down at him from a rooftop. And, like, glares at him. And he's all spooked. And then he's walking. And it's when, you know the bit where he gets, like, knocked down nearly by a carriage? Yes. And in the back and of the carriage, there's just a woman in a in a burqa, yeah. and it just like a hijab, and it just like zooms to her, yeah. and she's just like looking at him, and I was like, "Well, okay, that's that's an interesting take because I don't get that. Like the film starts and it just feels very um, um, dreamy to me. I think it's supposed to be like a dreamy intro of like a thing of him like kind of going, oh, there's something evil going on, but no explanation or anything like that." The, the fact that it's in Iraq, I think that's just in the book and stuff like that. Here's the thing. I, I, I've, I've listened to... I don't remember where I got that from. It's not in the documentary. But I think Mark Kermode talks about it a little bit. Where he says that uh, the film doesn't really make sense without the book. And I think the that might be true. The film doesn't make sense. Because the film doesn't make much no. sense. And why are they in Iraq at the start? Like, why? Yeah. He just finds the statue. It's about... It's so long. Yeah. Just for him to find it's that statue. It uh, felt so long. <laughs> and that statue really has very little bearing on the movie. It's like there for a little bit. That is true. Like the way it's linked, it's very, um, it's not really explained much at all. It kind of pops up in the exorcism a little bit. They find yeah. it. Uh, where did they find it? They find like a little at bit the, of the stairs. They find something? it at the foot of the stairs where Burke died. Yeah, when Burke died, they find a little thing. And then the, the statue like flashes when... When, when she's being exercised, yeah. yeah. That's pretty much it. Does and the statue have a dick? I don't or was think that so. shadows? And maybe it was shadows. I don't think it has a dick. Wishful thinking? Hmm. Maybe. Probably <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the statue has a dick, but that would be interesting if it had one. Hmm. I don't know. It looked like it did. Guess there's, it didn't. There's a lot of definitely a lot of like feminist interpretations of the Exorcist, or at least one that I'm aware of that is like, yeah, I mean, I guess a very classic way to look at a horror film now, but wasn't at the mm. time of like, oh, it's about uh, a woman or like a girl repressing her sexuality and growing up and stuff like mm, that. True. And I watched The Exorcist, and I don't really get that that much, honestly. I think it's maybe yeah. there if you want to see it, but like, yeah, if you look at it from a certain perspective, then it kind of get, gives you like that context of how people thought at the time. And stuff like that, but I don't think that's what they were trying to do, or really even like. It's really just about a girl being possessed. Yeah. And she's a horse girl. She loves horses. She does. I mean, there's one scene where she talks about horses. She's like, if 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 her mom had just bought her that horse, she wouldn't have been. Yeah, she wouldn't have been possessed. possessed. You're right. Well, you know, there you go. Message going out (laughs) to the world: buy your girl a horse. Buy your kids a horse, or else. Exactly. I can do it. How how expensive a course can be? What what does it cost, Michael? Seven dollars? 
Well, you haven't seen Arrested Development. <laughs> That's good. I'm sure our listeners are appreciating this moment. Yeah, maybe. Maybe not. Sorry, I watched the uh, Arrested Development. You think Sarah's listening to this? If anybody. As if. Sarah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Who else will do that? Um, wait. You know, also, you know um, the Burke guy? Yes. Mr. Burke. The, was he a director? Uh, like yeah, in, he's a film in the film, director. he's a director. Yeah, he's a he director. was Irish. He was born in Dublin. But he worked with Samuel Beckett, number one, which is pretty cool. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Cool. But um, he died the year of the film, the year it was released. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. In the documentary, they, they give different uh, numbers of people who died during the production. He died of, like, influenza. Okay. What's influenza? The flu. Oh, sorry. I don't know. <laughs> if you don't know by now, I am not... Uh... You know, speak English good. I don't speak English. Good, <laughs> me very confused. He English. English. He English do English. well. Yeah, so so. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my uh, first language. So yes, I don't know. It's my first and only language. So you've That's got me beat. Here. I'm here. I'm the translator. Exactly, the translator yeah. for what I'm trying to say. So it should really be called uh, Maché's podcast about films. And it should be called Abby teaches Maché English. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people love to listen to that. <laughs> that would be a, terrible an amazing experience um, yeah but he is there and he's um, the, the thing about oh yeah in the documentary they talk about I, I think Alan Burstyn says nine people died or something like that um, in the filming of it and then different people say different things like Max Monsetto who was interviewed as well is just like oh, I don't know some people died. The, the filming took a year, so yes, somebody died. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, have they ever done a comparison of, like, when they do this thing with horror films? Have they ever done a comparison of, like, and this is how many people died when they made Shrek? Uh, I'm sure a lot of people died making <laughs> Shrek. The great battle of Shrek. Too big. Like, you know, people could not handle Shrek. <laughs> they would go home after, after they would, like, look at their computer for 12 hours because that's, that's how those films were made. And they yes. look at themselves in the mirror and they, like, see a flash of Shrek. <laughs> just like there's a flash of Satan. Yeah. <laughs> this swamp's not big enough for all of us. Uh, but uh, I don't think anybody was ever barred to do it. I might be wrong. But I just think it's that thing of like people are like, oh, so many people that like, especially like Poltergeist, and it's like everyone died, and it's like, but is the you know, have you compared it? Are you just pulling out these numbers to spook us? Well, the Poltergeist thing is so specific because people were like linking it to to the film like directly. I don't think The Exorcist has like a very specific death. Yeah, somebody's like, oh, that's what happened. It would be spooky if someone got possessed. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but that did not happen it did not happen because <laughs> uh, well even after watching this film I am not very convinced that possession is real oh yeah this film would not convince me if possession is real but I don't think that's the uh, that's case. not the point yeah that's not the point and I think that was the big thing because I also when I watched it 10 years ago I also did not like the film mm-hmm. very much and it also scared me and I also was kind of before my big uh, horror phase yeah because uh, I, I kind of had to go like uh kind of around because I don't really like horror films at the start and kind of how I got into it was for comedy horror and like Evil Dead 2 and shit like that yeah my first was Scream that was what yeah, got me into it Scream which is also kind of very funny mm-hmm. uh, so that's also another thing but yeah when I watched The Exorcist I was just like oh it's, it's very good but it's just upsetting so I mm-hmm. don't like it uh, it's just disturbing yeah definitely and it was just a sad experience and I remember watching it by myself I was in Ireland when I watched The Exorcist before oh Lydia. my god I think that also yeah probably was part of it maybe I was anticipating you know the horrors of living in this country and all that stuff <laughs> 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 how, how 
terribly. The, the future demons shit. you would encounter. Exactly. But uh, okay. yeah, I remember watching it by myself in Ireland uh, and I was scared and feeling weird. Um, oh. Yeah. But now I rewatched it and I think it's pretty great, honestly. And it was stupid. I don't know if. I think, I mean, I liked it better. I think what it is is that there's so much fluff. Like, there's so much that's happening, and yeah. I'm like, is this necessary? I don't agree at all. Like, the start. Okay, the start. Okay. And also, the whole thing with Father Karras' mom, like, I don't care. That's one of my, like, my, my favorite scenes might be from Father Karras and his mom. I don't care. Really? I, it was not clear to me that she was dead until he was like, well, my mom passed away. Did she know that? Because they do this thing with the film where they cut very quickly from a scene to scene, but the time passes between scenes, so you're really not realizing what time it is. Like, he goes and visits his mom at the hospital, mm-hmm. and then they go back, and then you hear a conversation from other people very, I guess, in the next scene or two scenes after, talking about how she died. And you're like, oh, but she was there right away. But that's just because they don't have time. Like, it's just like she died in between. That's kind of it. See, uh, but I think it's crucial to the film that he's got a mom, and <laughs> like that's kind of like that's I mean, I think one of the points I think I, yeah, no, she was definitely she needed to be there, but I feel like there was so much I didn't really need to see him visiting her and leaving like a dollar on her table, putting her bandage on her leg. I didn't need all that. That's such a sweet scene, I love it, it's beautiful. Well, and she, she comes over and she lives in the Bronx, and it's fucking shady. It's scary, and he goes there dressed in his priest clothes. I don't know what you call them. Um, um, vestments. I think. Dressed in vestments. He's walking through the street. It's a wonderful shot of him walking down the street with the kids jumping on the car and whatever. And he's got his, yeah, vestments on. And, uh, yeah, I think it's just like this whole emotional thing. Of the, the, the whole like, first 40, 30, 40 minutes of this film is just you getting to kind of like the characters and like see what they're about and a lot of it is about Reagan and her mom and a lot of it is about Karis and his mom it's kind of this thing I think they switch between everyone so much though that it's like what's happening suddenly suddenly Reagan's in the doctor and like shouting at the nurse and it's like where's this coming from like I know that she's possessed but they didn't make that clear why is she at the doctor well the things with the possession start right from when you cut to America, it starts right away because uh, it starts with uh, Ellen Burstyn, her name's Chris in the film, right? Uh, hearing some stuff in the attic, right? I never learned her name. This is the first moment I've heard her name. I think her name's Chris. Mrs. McNeil. Yeah, Mrs. McNeil. Who has like so many maids. She does. She's like strangely famous. No, she's got, no, she's got a maid. An assistant. The maid has a husband. No, he's like the maintenance guy. Or the maintenance guy. I don't he know. could also be the maid's husband. Yeah. Uh, his name is Carl or whatever. Yes. And she's got an assistant. Who uh, looks too much like her. It's very confusing. Okay. Looks enough like her. <laughs> yeah, Chris McNeil is his name. Um, yeah. I mean, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure how to Thanks, found that argument. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, she's like, oh, immediately, here's something in the attic. And she's like, Carl, there's rats. Yeah, exactly. So That's not what rats sound like. Yeah, but like, what is she supposed to say? Oh, it sounds like Satan? Yeah. <laughs> Carl, sorry, there's some... Carl, we got Satan. In the <laughs> go, there's, go there's some demons up there. Yeah. Please, like, take it away. Uh, no, so, um, but I think it starts right away and goes straight into the point. But also, like, it gives you that... 
emotional arc that you need to care about anything that happens later because mm. why would you care about Karis? I actually really like how they build this character because they kind of take like the most specific things of like he's got a mom and his mom's dying and he feels very uh, shame. What's going on? <laughs> there was a fly in my peripheral vision and I thought oh, it was God. Satan. <laughs> we thought it was rats. Yeah, we're just... You know, Megan, we've got some rats in here. I'll look out for the phone because she's texting, I think, so... Uh, anyways, but uh, yeah, he's got his mom. He feels uh, guilty about her passing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got uh, his faith, which he feels he's losing. He's a priest. He's got, he's got his got, boxing career. He's got his boxing career, <laughs> which is great. Yes. Uh, and he's just kind of like this. And he's also got the, the psychiatry in his background, right? So all of this stuff is what you get about him, like in a very quick kind of motion. It's like, this is him. And he's just kind of sad. He's just a 70s American film guy. He's just sad and kind of walking with his head down, just very upset all the time. That's just kind of what he goes. Just come on, Satan. Let's just record it. Then you can have problems. And that's kind of, you build out his character. That's who he is. And I think it's just very easy to, to be like, oh, that's this guy. He has to go through this film. You don't have to like put in more exposition. You have everything you need from this like half an hour. And I really like him. He's kind of cool. He's got pretty yellow teeth, but he's cool. Did he? Yeah, there's one scene where he smiles. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just something I imagine, but yeah. Uh, anyways, so yeah, I, I really don't think there's a lot of fluff because I really like that mom scene. And I, I think the scene where he goes to visit her in the hospital is very upsetting and one of the like oh, yeah. sadder moments in that film. And the, this, the dream he has is also like a little bit, yeah. Yeah, the dream, I think I liked the dream. Yeah. But the dream also confused me because I thought it was... It wasn't clear to me that it was a dream. Oh, okay. So I was just like, wait, is that how I'm... And then I ha- I wasn't... I didn't know she was dead. So then I was like, wait, is that how she died? Oh, what? she went out of the metro station <laughs> waiting for her when it came back and that's how she died. Yeah, she was just waiting too long for the train. Oh, that's yeah, just like, oh, it's too yeah. much for me. She fell down the stairs. She just didn't see it. <laughs> yeah. She just pushed by yeah. saying... That's interesting, though, because you say there's fluff. I don't think there's much. And you watch the director's cut, which has a bit more... Um, just a little bit more, but not much, um, it has got, like, one more debate between uh, the church officials, I think, it's got a bit more at the end, uh, it's got... It's got the spider walk with the blood coming in from it. spider walk. I was so weirded out when I was watching the theatrical yesterday that this is not in the film. Is the spider walk not in it at all? No, not in the theatrical version. It just cuts because, uh, the director dies, and they come in and say, uh, Bert dies, they come in and say, Chris... And she reacts to that, and it's just cut to black. I like when Regan pisses herself. You like that? Yeah. <laughs> Here's the question. Did you find the film funny? Is it funny? Yeah, I think it's really funny. Okay. Like when... <laughs> I think Regan is a very funny character. Okay. She's so stupid. Okay. She's like, Mom, look at this stupid fucking art I did. <laughs> She's like, here, look, I have a... How old is she? She's like, what? Well, old enough to know better she's got a Ouija board and she's like listen like it's Captain Howdy huh? do you think my mom's pretty you welcome Satan into your body Regan she's playing Captain Howdy Ouija board. like come on yeah I mean, what an idiot where'd she get it well that's like any it was in things. the closet we never why was it there in the first place we never learned because that doesn't matter why the Ouija board is in the closet that's I think part of the film. like that it doesn't matter that it's her specifically. It's just it's just is. Why is the film is not about that. I think the funniest <laughs> the funniest scene, which is also the most upsetting scene, but the funniest scene is when she's masturbating with the crucifix. I don't know if it can be described as masturbating to be fair. 
Um, so different opinions to that, but, uh, but, but and then she, yeah, I mean, if you have to give it a word, I guess you'd call it that. Yeah. But then, and then her mom comes in and then she screams, lick me. She does, yeah. <laughs> and it's, her hat towards her. Yeah, and yeah. it's very upsetting, but also just quite funny because she just screams, lick me. That's kind of a thing because I think, uh, in a different book I read, um, Men, Women and Chainsaws, uh, there is like, it's mostly about slasher films, but there's also a bit about The Exorcist and possession in general, possession films. And um, there is a little bit about how different audience reactions were to The Exorcist. And The Exorcist is obviously famous for like everybody like uh, puking and fainting and all that stuff happening in the 70s when people went to see The Exorcist. Weak. But she says like, yeah, you could go to The Exorcist and have an audience that was just terrified and screaming. You could go to an audience that would just like sit quietly for the whole film because it's also like an art house film kind of. Mm-hmm. And then there were people who went to see The Exorcist because they thought it was really funny. And fun and a great time like I don't I think there's just segments that are just they're so insane that they're funny if you take it out of context I think it's hilarious but like yeah. you have to take it out of context when I'm watching the film it's not very funny to me because it's so upsetting yeah you kind of have to take yourself outside of it yeah definitely. it's like the I think it's one of those things where Regan in particular is just like very easily parodied I think it's just the stuff she says is kind of just funny yeah it's just funny <laughs> it's just a funny like she has lots of funny dialogue uh-huh. and if i get like i remember somebody sending me a gift of your mother sucks cocks in hell <laughs> such a hilarious thing such a funny line. uh but it's not very funny film for me no <clears throat> i think it's funny it's almost like you have to have the frame of reference of hearing it out of the film yeah exactly and hearing it in like a context like they have there's an episode of rupaul's drag race where they remake um slasher film remake yeah. is a is a, the wrong term they make their own little weird slasher films uh-huh. and they have a line where someone um says your mother darn socks in hell and it's like that's where they got it from yeah sure and so you have it from that frame and then you see it back in where it actually came from and you're like but now it's kind of funny because it's it's lost its meaning i get it i guess it depends on how much you go with the film I go a lot with this film. Like this film kind of upsets me so much very early on that when all the like shenanigans happen, I'm already into it. So it's like it's not funny. <laughs> the shenanigans. shenanigans all the shenanigans uh, of possession. Yeah, it's just like yeah, stuff moving, people flying, you know, all yeah. that stuff. Um, and I honestly, I probably kind of I do turn it off a little bit when that happens at the end of this film. Both when I was watching it yesterday and the last time a few weeks ago. Um, it's just a lot it's a bit much like the tempo of the film yeah. like, really drastically rises that's the thing it's so slow and then yeah. it just speeds up and like I think the exorcism parts are obviously kind of the most interesting in a way not interesting but like, yeah, like I think you come part. from yeah you come from the whole slow paced film to and I, I'm not a fan of slow paced films really it's like right. when it's a horror film I don't want it to be super slow paced to a, to a point yeah, but you want build up, but you yeah. don't want. I think what The Exorcist has is like a lot of build up and then little segments of Reagan being like, oh, "I'm walking down the stairs backwards." Those are and the, then, really the scariest bits to me. Yeah, well, see, I just don't find them scary because there's no build up. It's just like, oh, she's doing something else, fucking weird. See, that's why I'm so weirded out that the theatrical cut doesn't have the cut to the spider walk because the spider walk, I remember freaking me the fuck out the first time, and I the second time as well. I just, I yeah. find it so scary. I, it didn't freak me out that much this time. Yeah, I don't know. It's just that cut. I actually that's why I think because there's no build up and it just happens. And I it think just that's kind of what got me. And I, re- I also when I was watching the documentary yesterday, they do cut the the, the walk anyway in the theatre the director's cut because in the original there's a lot more and she like actually gets down the stairs and then she flaps her tongue around a little bit and mm, it's yeah. like that that's not effective <clears throat> anymore. What you need 
is that three second shot of her doing, and that's it. That's yeah, just need a quick podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just a quick, like shocking kind of uh, over. Don't. This is it. Yeah, I have in my notes. Um, yeah. Regan is a horse girl, and then and then Wait. Regan steals cookie. This is the beginning of her possession. She steals the cookie. She steals a cookie at some stage, and then her mom tackles her, and they're like, ah, ha, 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 and they're like giggling. Then you're like, oh no! Damn, that bitch has Satan in her. Yeah, that's true, yeah. That it's was just. It is. Yeah, exactly. But she's already got Satan in her. It's a but, sin to steal a cookie. I mean, they do it for laughs. I don't know. Is it a sin? What is sin? I don't think that matters. The fact, like, Existence. Um, it just happens gradually, and I guess, I don't know, there's this thing of the film doesn't tell you why it happens, or, you know, it gives you any context of that. It's just this thing of, oh, it happened. It's terrible. And happened to two pretty nice people. And, <laughs> and they were upset. rich and white as well. Yeah, they were rich and white. Well, it's the 70s. Horrifying. Can't believe this would happen to, in my good, rich, white neighborhood. Hmm. No. Maybe. Hope you enjoy Is there anybody? Club. No, everybody's white in this film. Um, there's there's no. the black kids in the Bronx. <laughs> there's the black nurse. There is a black nurse. You're yeah. right. I think that's about it, though. I think that's it. Um, well. Yeah, I can't remember anyone else. Yeah, not the best, is it? No. What um, a surprise for the 70s. Yeah. I mean, you know, you could, that's kind of the time where you start... Like, not racially diverse. More. I don't know. They're doing it. Like, you know, Night of the Living Dead. What's the year of Night of the Living Dead? Um, uh, is it 65? No, it's a bit later. 69, 70, something like that. It's before The Exorcist, I hope. I'm yeah, sure. of course. It's in black and white. <laughs> they already had color at that time. No, they didn't. I have something in my eye. Okay. I'll take care of that. I'll check. I'm back. 68. 68. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyways. Mm, what were we talking about before we start talking oh, about race? Race. Well, you were talking about Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, Night of the Living Well, yeah, but Night of the Living Dead was like an exception. That is true. It was an exception. It was something new. Yeah, yeah. that is right. Um, we were talking shite. That's what we were talking. Shite. Yeah, look at your notes. <laughs> you were doing something from your notes. Um, I have written, she's riding that fella Rick. That was never revisited. Who even... What? Was his name Rick? No. The guy? What? Exactly. What are you talking about? Like, Your mom's like, Burke? no, maybe she said Burke. No. It's, it's Did Regan think that... she was riding Burke? Well, the daughter implies that. Uh, they're I heard Rick, so I wrote Rick. Who's Rick? <laughs> I don't know. Rick no, Grimes from The Walking Rick. Dead. Um, no plans. Oh, wait. <laughs> I wrote. Her... I wrote <clears throat> her birthday's on a Sunday this year. No plans for mass. Satanic family. True. <laughs> They're going to go to hell. You are a real film studies. Uh, I do have graduate. some um, actual observations where at the start she's wearing an orange nightgown. <laughs> <laughs> at, at the start she's wearing an orange nightgown and then when the possession begins she's wearing a black one instead. Or not a nightgown, a robe. She's wearing an orange robe. Yeah. And then later she's wearing a black robe. Yeah. All right. It happened, I guess. So there you go. And then mm. I've observed that candles are bad torches. Which they are. Imagine trying to find a... Like, you're in your room. Yeah. And you're like, oh no, what is that over there? What is that demon? Uh-huh. Light a candle. That's not going to give you enough. Well, you don't know there's a demon there. You're not going to look for a demon. You have... You just, like, you go out to the attic with a candle. I don't know. Well, it's not an efficient torch. 
Okay, that is probably right, yeah. You mean like a torch, like a flashlight, or do you mean a torch is a torch and a stick with fire on top of it? <laughs> <laughs> I think she's taken into her own hands and just yeah. attack the demons. Face off. So? Yeah. That's how I would also deal with rats. So you mean she would like pitchforks? Kill Reagan, or what's your. Um, listen, that bitch had to come in. Hmm. Well, okay, <laughs> uh, great. Um, so, no, but you were talking a little bit about how it's slow paced. Yes, and, it is. Um, yeah, that kind of, like, the way I was watching, the, the two times I've watched it now, it really feels a lot more to me like, uh, like, just, a, like, you know, like, one of those films from the American New Wave or New Hollywood movement in the time more than a horror film. Like, it doesn't really feel like, you know, the stuff yeah. that was happening around that time in the 70s with the haunted house, and, I mean, The Exorcist, you know, The Exorcist kind of started a lot of stuff as well, but... I don't know, you look at like Rosemary's Baby and, and Night of the Living Dead and all that kind of stuff, which I think is more like horror centered. Uh-huh. This feels more to me like, yeah, all the stuff that Scorsese did with like gangster films, but this has like more of a horror edge or, yeah, yeah or Coppola even and stuff like that. Because it's like, it's similarly slow paced and similarly very focused on like maybe moral side of things maybe more like religion you know, it's super yeah. centered about religion it's very definitely talks a lot and about i don't religion. know if it's pro or anti it's neither i would say yeah i think it's neither i think it's trying to be respectful which is good yeah and then at the end you've got the priest the gay priest and the um the lieutenant become friends and they go on a date that's not in the theatrical cut i that it didn't need to be in any of the cuts yeah i agree that's not <laughs> like um, they were i didn't care about either of those characters um well, but the gay guy plays the piano well. Yeah. And he actually, I guess he really does. Then. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah. right, for me, it's more like, yeah, it feels like more like that kind of a film. And it's just got a little bit of a horror thing in it. Um, so I think that's a good thing, really, in the end. Because it flows very well in terms of the 70s stuff. And you think about Taxi Driver and stuff like that. And this has a similar thing of like, oh, this priest has lost his faith. And it's this, yeah. this kind of sad guy going around the city. <laughs> the sad guy in New York. faith and stuff like that. He's and he's great, Italian. He is, no, he's not Italian. He's Greek. He's Greek? He's Greek. They talk Greek in the film. I don't know the languages. No, I thought they were Italian. Oh, I'm no, horrible woman. Oh, that really goes against stereotype. Yeah. Frick. I mean... I, I really thought that was Italian. Yeah, you're so used to them. Like, I hate myself. Italian. Yeah. Italian-Americans in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the most typical thing. Um, one thing, I think actually what I found the most, like, I guess horrifying is yeah. more like the medical stuff. Like yeah, when she's... So. And it's, all, it's just like really visceral. It's like yeah. the... Number one, why is she awake for these things? I know. Why on earth? Because it's scary. <laughs> I mean, but I just don't... I, is, is that what's done? And then she's like, they've got the needle. Like, I think that's the worst. That is definitely the most, like, like hard I'm, to watch. Yeah, I'm not afraid of needles. But... I am. I'm not at all. Mm-hmm. But there's something about seeing it. Like, I don't mind getting injections, blood tests. But seeing it, for some reason, always, like, makes me a bit uncomfortable. They build it, they build it up so wonderfully. It's, I mean, the, the medical scenes, I think they're just filmed so well. They're so good. So well edited. And it's like, it really works because, like, it kind of gives you, oh, give me flashbacks of the time I gave, I've got new eyes. Uh, because <laughs> <laughs> I got an operation on my eyes. For you. To get new you, eyes. Yeah, to get new eyes. 
whatever. But it's a similar thing of they take you and they put you on a thing and they talk to you just for it to seem normal. Mm -hmm. Hey, hey, you can you move a little bit over there and stuff like that? It's like, oh, that's great, awesome. And then he fucking puts a needle in her throat and like blood starts spilling out. out. Oh, it's terrifying. It's really upsetting and I hate it. And I don't like needles and I don't like how the blood just kind of sprinkles out a little bit like that. It's just it's very uh, unpleasant. And she sees it and she's like. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. And then they put a tube into it, and then they put, like, a big sheet over her head that does... Yeah, and I'm like, why is the blood necessary? Well, I mean, I don't I don't understand exactly. science. I don't but... understand science either. I have no idea what's happening, but it feels very disconnected. And also, it seems like the machine that's going over her head is also causing her pain. I don't know why. Is yeah. it just the sound? Radiation? Fear? I don't know. I don't know You've got the devil in you, girl. Uh, yeah, probably that's hurtful as well. Uh, anyways, <laughs> and then there's this cut, and I think it's my favorite cut, and it just cuts to the x-rays of her Yeah, that's I like in. that scene. Wonderful it's a good cut. cut. Oh, great cut. And it just kind of sits on that cut for a while, <laughs> and then the images go back and the new ones come up. It's like, it makes you like, there's this very jarring bit of silence for you to be like, ooh. Yeah, it's interesting. And then they do it again. It tastes like, like a weird thing like on the two sides of her head yeah so the, and they're just like fuck there's nothing there let's torture her again yeah. i feel like it's that thing where if someone came to you with that like with those symptoms and the child's like that you're just like this i can't there's no medical explanation the bed was shaking so what do you do that's not me- i don't just tell them to leave her alone who i don't the know doctors <laughs> leave her alone? What, what do you mean? i don't know i just it's i like, how do you approach that? How do you be like, oh, the bed was probably shaking because of how strong she was. Yeah. It's like, but she... Well, you're a doctor, so your job is to kind of look at something logically and be like, this is what happened. So those mm-hmm. doctors try to do that for like half the film, and then they're like, haha, this Catholicism thing is totally wrong, and they're like, oh, they're so stupid, but maybe you want to try? <laughs> like, maybe you should just get an exorcism. They're like, we've done everything. Yeah. We're busy. Yeah, it's kind of hard, you know. Like Your a, daughter curses at us every time yeah. she's here. You call us cunts and stuff. <laughs> Reagan says cunt a lot. She does. Yeah. That's actually one of the other funny lines is when the doctor is like trying to. She's he's like, oh, she has like a very wide vocabulary. That's and then not she's like, the, oh, I forgot. That's not in the funeral. <gasps> it's so like, good. She's like, give me an example. <laughs> she's like, give me an example. And he's like, well, um, she she told me. And then she, she says the lines. I don't remember what he said, but yeah, he's, I wrote it down. I just don't really like saying that word. You say it. I'm I'll, definitely in a I'll, better position to say the word. I'll, yeah, <laughs> I'll start it and then you finish. She. <laughs> that was it. No, um, she, she advised me to keep my fingers away from her goddamned cunt. <laughs> Applause, please. Bravo. <laughs> but yeah, that's like a that was quite a funny line. But the way it was delivered was also very funny. It is. I liked that line. Uh, It's pretty funny. And I think they... uh, How did they react in the film? Because it's not in the... I think she laughs. Yeah, I think she laughs. She laughs. What a a horrible mother. She's such a bad mother. She sees that, right? I I like that, the film. I mean, but it's also... I think it's that thing of like when you're... Like when a child curses. But this is a 12-year-old girl. Yeah. She's not a child anymore. She's a demon. Mm. But puberty be like that, so... Yeah, you can speak to that. Because I never went through puberty. puberty you were still waiting. Yeah, I'm so. Um, it's hard. Yeah, I was going through puberty when I saw this film. Yeah. Maybe it reminded you too much of your own experiences, and that's why I was too scared. The thing about female puberty is that it's a lifelong journey. Mm. <sighs> 
So, um, I want to say something. I think about the word cunt or something else. That sounds like you. Yeah. Oh, God. I think it was about the vocabulary. I think it's... Oh, maybe you should have taken was. notes. Yeah, maybe I should have taken notes because my mind is perfect, obviously, as a man's mind. Every <laughs> man's mind is perfect. Perfectly formed. Well, uh, yeah, maybe notes would have been good. <laughs> it's not like you watched the film about three times uh, and a documentary about it. Like, it's one of those films that kind of like I hear like I have stories about this film in my head because whatever you read or listen to or watch in terms of like film studies it always like somewhere there in the background oh, yeah. you hear about it and people know about it there's this big thing about you know the stuff that happened during the filming of The Exorcist I don't know how much you know about that no. but, you know in terms of how terrible it was to film it and all this shit it would be horrible yeah. It's in, it's insane to think that someone let their child like Linda Blair's performance is amazing. Yeah, but imagine awesome. letting your child do that. Um, that's actually one of the things that everybody talks about as a like a very normal thing. Like Linda Blair was just supposed to be amazing and very much like oh this is a film this is what I do in the film mm-hmm. and she would just do the take and then so talented be a little girl yeah very talented so good uh, amazing actress. Did you sure. know when she was fifteen she dated a twenty five year old rock star called Rick. Sp- someone rick springfield someone springfield that. No. isn't that crazy that is she was crazy. 15 uh, yeah that's illegal yeah <laughs> that's Rick. that's like that's like one of us going out with a 15 year old yeah they're still in school the that's 70s crazy. were crazy no, no, no. Yeah, the 70s were insane mm. anyways um so <laughs> to go from there uh but they're like i remember and this is a story that i have in my head uh and i don't know where i have it from but i probably read it in some sort of book and I don't know where it came from, but there was there's a like an anecdote about the leveling of the exorcist and how Friedkin kind of approached it, where there were do you remember the time when they're having breakfast? There was like a one shot of like Oh yeah, it looks tasty. Yeah, so Friedkin did not like the bacon they had. He didn't like how it was being fried. So he made somebody like order bacon from like a different part of the world or something. <laughs> it took like weeks before it got there, but we they could oh actually God. feel the scene. It's like stuff like that. All the over bacon the place. did look really good though. Nice, yeah. And that's it was like that with everything. Like Ellen Burstyn says a little bit about how she hurt her back uh, when she was falling uh, after Reagan attacks her. You know, oh. when there's like this little shot where she falls in the drawers that are behind her. That's after she says "lick me." Yeah, it's after she says "lick me." <laughs> that expression of pain on her face is actual pain. Good. And they used it in the film because that's what they did in the seventies. Well, yeah. It's the same. That's the whole the, of the Shining. That's true. <laughs> that's, the Shining is very particularly only this to show you the. Oh my God, that film. Yeah. So good also. It's kind of upsetting, isn't it? Uh, because it's upsetting to me to hear that. And Linda Blair, I think she has a similar thing where she's like, when she's being thrown on the bed, I think she says that she kind of hurt her back during that Of as course well. she did. Did they not have stunt people at all? They, they did. Have, a stunt woman did the spider walk. Uh, yeah, stunt woman. There was a different woman in general that was doing all the, uh, all the writing stuff that was like more explicit. Uh, oh, really? Well, not the... So the cross. whole film? No, no, no. She, like, I think Linda Blair does the cross okay motion but then i think the voice is someone else and like well the voice is definitely not <laughs> yeah and like there's like stuff um and they did have i think a lot of the puking is done by someone else the puking is made of pea soup it is but then also the the mechanism they built for the puke to go that far i think it's controlled by not by the or somebody else makes sense uh there's also a stunt guy for like falling downstairs and all that shit mm. But there's like this uh, shot where uh, Father Karras gets the vomit in his face. And I think they did that without telling him what's actually going to happen the first time. Oh my God. Uh, and he just kind of gets it and he's like, oh yeah. And that's also like a genuine reaction to getting <laughs> vomit in your face. 
Yes. Does um does Linda Blair do all her own pissing? Uh, I'm sure she does. Good. That's definitely real piss. <laughs> but it's kind of weird to see that you know the Exorcist is kind of filled with this like broad history of it was terrible to be there and like this whole thing about how they made the whole room like extra cold so they could see the breaths and it was like fucking freezing. That was real breath. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Well, at that time, like dry know, eyes. Like, yeah. No. No. That's, that's real crazy. breath. They made the room really cold. And uh, it was like freezing. Like people were like, we were there, and like people's hair started to like freeze off. And, like it was like Ooh. terrifying. And then because of the lights they had on set, it kept getting like warmer and warmer. So after like two hours of filming, it was too much. So they had to leave and stop filming, and then come back oh, no. after it cooled down. Crazy shit. I really like, didn't like shit. the bit where she vomits on Father Marin. Is that his name, Marin? The old guy. It doesn't look. It looks horrible. I guess that's the point. We have rats. That's rats. Um, yeah, so it's this weird thing. I don't like those stories. Like, you know, I like a lot of Hitchcock films, but I don't like hearing about it. (laughs) To get that thing. And I feel the same about The Exorcist. I wish everybody had a good time making The Exorcist, but I don't think that's the case. No, it's the same as Shrek. Exactly. So many people died. So many people died. (laughs) Killing themselves on the Shrek. Yeah, the great, the great DreamWorks genocide, they call it. <laughs> it was the, the working the title. Free more. <laughs> the form order. Yeah. Books, I guess, counts as well. There's actually, yeah, there's like an order and the most, the highest deaths in a film is actually the, the Shrek franchise. Yeah. 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 It's good. I'm, I'm glad at least, you know, you know, those people probably deserve to die. Yeah. For doing what they did. For, for giving us the greatest film. They couldn't, yeah. they couldn't, um, they couldn't, uh, improve on that legacy so mm. um, let me see got? what else my notes say yeah I wrote all the quotes such as um, let Jesus fuck you um, uh, let Jesus fuck you yes that's a quote which is the them. core of Catholicism <laughs> I paused for a second I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh boy oh boy we're both Catholics so we can do that make the joke <laughs> Oh, um, <laughs> are you recording again? Oh, we're, oh yeah, I stopped recording for it. No, we're not recording just in general. This is just oh, right. into the for, sorry. Excellent. I bought pastries for nothing. Yeah. Um, what else have I written? Her, I wrote that her teeth are jagged. I liked Jagged? It. Yeah, I liked the details. Her teeth were like jagged oh, yeah. after a certain point. It's amazing. The makeup's insane. Insane For makeup. the 70s. Like, they usually, like, the makeup in... I think in, is it, what's the, the one after, is it Dawn of the Dead? What's the one after Night of the Living Dead? Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. The, um, I feel like the makeup in that is, I don't know, when I was watching that, I just remember being like, the makeup in this is not good. Yeah, they don't have much money for that either. Yeah. The effects are pretty good though, because yeah. Constantine did them. But uh, yeah, the makeup, not that great. It's, yeah, interesting. Um, in general, The Exorcist still looks great. Uh, the makeup's great. The special mm. effects, pretty great. Uh, the time when she floats off the bed, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, pretty that's amazing. when she becomes a teenage witch. That's how you know. It's just like Sabrina. That is Sabrina. Yeah, yeah and Sabrina, she um, levitates over the bed. Oh, really? And But I think, I can't remember, she doesn't know. You mean the new Sabrina or the... It might happen in the new one, but I mean the old one. Okay. Um, And her, they're like, oh no, she's a witch now. It happens when she's like 16. Mm. Oh. So we'll do that. Just Peter. do it on the floor. <laughs> Myself. <laughs> it's a bit more messy when you're a man and wearing not a nightgown but pants. Well, oh, interesting. Okay, 
Okay. We peed and we didn't do it on our mother's nice carpet. Yeah. Which is great. But we might. We might what? In the future. You never know. <clears throat> I don't have carpet. It's kind of hard for me to do what Reagan did because <clears throat> I don't have a vagina. What? I know. This is news to me. There we go. We're going to take a shot. We're going to take a shot. Let's clink it over the microphone. <laughs> did you hear yeah, it? it's good. It's good. Excellent. Cheers. Oh my god, that is horrible. Oh, I can't believe we're fucking drinking vodka. <laughs> disgusting. I hate it. You just get deported from Poland. You're not even there and you get deported. That's kind of true, yeah. Maybe they already hate me there. We hate you here as well, so. That's true. You should find somewhere that likes you. Why do you hate me here? Because you're just here. Oh, and yeah. I wish you weren't. Yeah. You know why they hate me in Poland? Because you're there. Yeah, if I'm there, but I'm not there now and they still hate me. Um, because of who you are. Yeah. At the core. Yes. 3 p.m. Everybody. Yeah. Hey, 3 p.m. We're still talking about the exorcist. There's We're not still taking time. shots. Yeah. I'm not done. Oh. Ugh. Ugh. I, I it's like have... nice, but not. It just hurts. Oh. It's really what I imagine nail polish remover would taste like, and feel does. like. No, it's a bit better. It's not that bad. I think the nail. I mean. No, it's the. Oh. It's the sensation. It's unlike any other liquid. Yeah, I mean, vodka is very specific because it kind of gives you that ugh, that, that kind of jump, you know? Yeah. So even if you have, like, harder alcohol sometimes, like you, um, what do you call that, moonshine, like, stuff like that, sometimes it doesn't give you that much of a, even if it's, like, fucking 60 or whatever. I once had, like, yeah, like, homemade alcohol. We Hooch? Something else. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And you just, uh, I had a shot of that. It was delicious. I was like, wow, that's very nice. Interesting. Like, I got a good time. <laughs> I want to say, when you did that thing with the shot, I was at a gig recently, and a guy, like the vocalist, put his hand into his mouth, like very far off, and he took it out and he like spit into his hand. It was pretty disgusting. Why? Why did he do that? It's part of the show. He did lots of stuff like that. Like, he, he scratched himself to blood, and he was kind of bleeding, like, from his forehead Ugh. for a lot of the show in general. The great last, daughters. Great the band. last gig I went to. Yes. Um, there was a nice confetti falling from the sky mm-hmm. and there was a planet in the center it was Ariana Grande did Ariana bleed at any point if she did she did not make it known yeah, yeah. you never know as a I woman we know. often bleed yeah, yeah. that's true that's true. Well, I joke, but you were first so yeah. great uh, The Exorcist the film yes have you ever seen any of the sequels no I was googling them apparently the second one is uh well known as one of the worst films ever. Yeah, it's got this reputation. I haven't seen it either, but it's a Joan Borman film. But also, she's in it. Linda Blair's still in it. Like, what does she do? Uh, I don't know, because I guess just two. I think it's called The Heretic. Yeah. Um, I think Linda Blair, I don't know how many she did. Actually. She's on the cover, which really doesn't mean a lot, but still. Let's see what else Linda Blair did. Yeah, second, The Heretic, and that's it. She didn't do any more of them. Uh, then the third one is supposed to be good because I think Blatty directed it himself. Am I oh. wrong about that? Interesting. Um, but I I always wanted to see the second one, and I will, I, I guess, at some point. Yeah, when Peter Blatty uh, directs the, the third Exorcist, and it's supposed to be like the... They, 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 I think they were advertising it as a, an actual sequel because everybody hates Heretic so much. But I love, I love John Borman. I, I think he's an amazing... I don't think right? I know who that is. So he made, uh, I think his most known one is Deliverance, 
Uh, oh. That's a film about uh, rape. Uh, very good. All right. Uh, <laughs> but he also made like Zardoz and Excalibur. I fucking love Excalibur. Oh my god. Um, yeah, stuff like that. What, what will become known is that Matcha and I have very different tastes in films. We just happen to meet oh. in the middle at horror films. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's a pretty good... Um, like, I mean, I don't know if that's like fully true because, yeah, the horror film is such a big... Well, the scope film. of what you've seen is very different. <laughs> yeah, because I'm a nerd and I don't have time, you know. I mean, I do have time, so I say. I don't have time for like different things, so I just watch a lot of films and it's just fun. What I tend to do is I'll watch a... F- I'm like, mm, I want to watch a film. Yeah. I go on Netflix and I search through and there's so much. Yeah. And then I watch Twilight. Yeah, it's like a regular person. <laughs> watch you just watch Twilight. Yeah, just watch Twilight. If all else fails, watch Twilight. watch Twilight. I haven't watched Twilight fully in a long time and we're going to watch it you know, for an episode. I was watching it. <laughs> but everyone judged me, so I stopped. I was having a great time. I think watching Twilight's a very private occasion yeah. for me. Uh, I was watching Shark Tale and I finished at least. That's true. Um, yeah, so that but, was an experience. Fucking hell, that film is not good. Um, I think it's kind of good. You are wrong. You should rewatch it. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure you will change your opinion on it quite drastically. Everything mm. you thought about it's it, the, everything you thought mm. was funny about Shark Tale is like really not funny anymore. Like really, like it's terrible now. Oh, you, no. There's things you shouldn't say and are not funny. It's evil Finding Nemo. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, Finding Nemo is not evil at all. It's like. Finding Nemo's kind I know. Of sweet. That's why I said it was evil finding yeah, Nemo. Yeah, but it's like, you know, Shark Tale, like in terms of the tone, it's just like, it feels more like, yeah, Shrek, which I guess makes sense. But uh, <laughs> it's just kind of crude. And, How many people do you think died making Shark Tale? I hope everyone. Countless. <laughs> <laughs> probably. probably Hopefully, true. yeah. Oh, Shark Tale. That's why Brad and Angelina true. broke up. Oh, right, yeah. He was like, I can't believe... I can't believe you did Shark Tale. Oh Despicable. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a hard thing for any relationship to go through. <laughs> Shark Tale. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, The Exorcist. Have you seen any of the sequels? No. no, nothing. I haven't seen none of the sequels. I don't think it needs one. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a film that needs a sequel because it's so... It's not plot-focused in any way. It's very, um, like... It's got an ending that doesn't give you any sort of opening. And then the film is about just, yeah, religion and things you can think about in terms of, like, you know, what is possession? What does it mean? Mm. How does, like, science go into it? And, yeah, how do you do a sequel to that? And yeah. I think they just go into, like, campy, like, kind of stuff more than anything. In the... One thing I remember, actually, in the end of when Karis has, like, fallen down... Because he... What happens is, like, the, the demon enters him. Yeah. And he's like, fuck no, and he jumps out the window. He's got this thing, there's this like shot of... Because his uh, eyes go weird. Yeah, the demon goes into him, he's yeah. possessed, and then he, like, the first thing he does as the demon is, I think he tries to go for Reagan, uh, but yeah. then it's like a flash of him, like, uh, fighting against or whatever, and he just pushes himself out of the window. Yeah. So it's like kind of like a sacrifice, I guess, yeah. for, for this. Basically. Yeah. And then, at the end, the gay priest comes along, and he's... Harris is at the bottom and then he like gives the last rites yeah, last or something rites, yeah. and I guess... well he's clearly dead well his hand his hand kind of I don't but I'm not convinced <laughs> <laughs> I mean if he's not dead at that second he will 
be dead. He'll be dead pretty soon. I mean, yeah. But last rites is usually before you die. Well, I guess they maybe he's. Lots of time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I think that's the thing they do with somebody. Mm. Like, yeah, if there's a priest and there's somebody Catholic dying, like you give the last rites like right away, like because that's what they. When do, someone dies unexpectedly. The, yeah, well, yeah, you have to get the last rites if you're dying. Otherwise, you're going to hell. Yeah. I mean, he's I mean, possessed. Paris I think he possessed. would be going to hell. Yeah. How does that work if you die while possessed? Um, do you go to hell? I don't think the do you Bible split? says much about that. Do you split? <laughs> do, you, do, you like, do you and the demon break up and you go your separate ways? What happens? Well, I think... Um, well, that's kind of funny because the devil or whoever is possessing you, because that's never... All, that's also never really discussed. There's like one discussion about, oh, I think there are different like different demons in it. Like Harris says, I was listening to it and it seems like there are different personalities. Mm. And he tries to explain it to, to Mary. And Mary's like, oh, there's just one. Yeah, he's like, shut the fuck up, Karis. Yeah, it's kind of funny how There's he doesn't one. care. Yeah, Karis is like, do you want to know the background? And he's like, please leave me alone. That's an amazing line of dialogue, by the way. It's just like, why? It just cuts <laughs> off. It's pretty great. It's true. Why would you want to know? I'm here to should. perform an exorcism. No. I think really, Mar- I mean, I know that he's kind of built up as the exorcist, but he's so tired and old, <laughs> and like, he really is there. Just he, I think he just wants to do it by the book, and he's like, yeah. this is the exorcist. This is what I do. And he gets... You know, all this stuff happens is just like, you know, book, do that. But also, Karis just breaks all the rules. They both die. Well, yeah, but Karis actually helps. Yeah, Karis does help. But Karis also breaks all the rules, but maybe that's the point, is that the rules are wrong. Because he's like, don't engage with the demon, the demon's a liar. Yeah. I mean, that's all true, but like, I really think that Merrick, like, in, in his like, way of approaching the case... I, I know why he doesn't care because I guess he wants to protect himself because he knows that if he starts caring then he's more of a target that's um, true because that's when the demon gets into you and that's why uh, I guess the demon does not focus on him at all mm. uh, just focus on Karis because he knows that you know, he's more emotional about the whole thing but at the end of the day yeah Mary just dies and does nothing that's true he's just like oh, he's like peace out yeah. yeah that's it so I do think that in the end like it's See, that's when it stops being about religion because I don't think it really matters that much in the end if it's a demon or if it's something else or whatever happened. It's like about Karis engaging with this thing and kind of having his own journey to go through in the film from my mother died, I feel guilty, here's another person that needs my help. I'm Greek, apparently. I'm Greek. And uh, <laughs> there's a scene in the film where he eats a moussaka and just enjoys it. He eats a moussaka? Is that what he's eating in that scene? No, oh, wait, so you're moussaka. making a joke. a joke. You were doing a bit. Oh. I'll just turn the microphone off. So yeah, that's kind of his thing. And the, the thing about it in the end is he makes a sacrifice and he does that because nobody else would. Yeah, nobody true. else in the film wants to make that sacrifice for the girl. And that's when it stops being about religion and starts being about, yeah, like morality and what is your relationship to the world, I guess. And <clears throat> do you need to do something like that to be a good person? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's kind of key to the film that the family isn't religious. That like... Yeah thingy what's her name chris chris yeah the chris isn't religious because if it's you know it frames it in a way where it's like this happened yeah. and it's not in their head it just yeah. happened Definitely, yeah. it just happened it's just like a it's it's a, it's a sad film in that kind of way because it happens for no reason and yeah everybody in the film except for the doctors i would say is kind of a good person or is trying their best there's no like, the doctors are terrible people. the doctors are pretty bad yeah like the doctors i think they're trying but because the, the thing about the doctors is that they're trying to pretend they know what's going on more than yeah. anything well the priests are just like that doesn't happen in a long time like for a long time but i guess we'll send someone over and we'll see or on call exorcist yeah yeah uh, and all the like the, the church conversations feel a lot more like human 
than the doctor conversation. Yeah, anyway. that's true. So um, I guess the doctors are the worst people in the film, which I really disagree with. Even worse than the level. demon. Yeah, I disagree with that on a personal level. I really think the doctor is somebody you should trust the most. But do you think that the Exorcist has propaganda against doctors? No, I don't think so. I think it's just a film making a point. I disagree with it personally. It makes it makes sense in the in the film, you know. Yeah. Because it the does. film is about it's rap. those particular doctors. They're bad. I think it's just about you know in terms of the, the the concept of the film, they're the ones who are trying to rationalize something that cannot be rationalized. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like an anomaly. Course, yeah, in general. That's true. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of how I feel about what the film is trying to do uh, in the grand scheme of things. Um, yeah. Did you go for all of your notes? I think so. Um, yes, let me yes. see. Have I missed anything? <clears throat> Sorry, I don't know that one. <laughs> Alexa! Oh, you have Alexa? Alexa, leave us alone. I know you have Alexa. I do. We'll she listens. That later. <laughs> um, okay, did I go through all of my... Okay, let's rip them off. First mm-hmm. shots. There was a lot of things with the... With the um, with our lady what mary the mother of god i am familiar what <laughs> she was there she had titties where was she in the church there was a statue of her like in one oh, of the the yeah. first shot is a shot of a statue of the holy mary that's another one of those like oh we're trying what it's like a misdirection of oh we're building a plot it's all gonna come yeah. together and then it's just like never mentioned again well but the thing is is that the statue with the um i think the statue being defaced aligned with regan's window being open one night mm-hmm. and if you look at the statue the crafting that was done on the statue is pretty similar to the weird bird thing she made Really? Uh-huh. It's oh, spiky. So you think like she went out at night and did uh-huh. it to the thing? Yeah. Okay. I'm that's pretty sure the window was open. That was me ripping a page of notes. That's actually um, pretty good. I like that a lot. Maybe, maybe I, I didn't not notice that. Listen. Did not notice that. Also, the music, the Halloween music. That's the Halloween music, isn't it? No. No? Sure do, 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 do. You mean the Sorry. main theme for the for the film? Is that the Exorcist music? No, the music that plays when it's Halloween. Yeah, is that the Exorcist music? I no, thought that's that was Tubular Bells by Mike Oldfield. That's a funny story. It's also mentioned in the documentary with um, with the music because they hired a guy to do the music, and he was very into it. And he made a music, and they hired like a hundred people to like play the music and record it. And they were recording the music, and after a while, William Friedkin said, "This is shit. Get out." And they, they fired everybody and they didn't get the music. And then they're like, so what are we doing now, Bill? Like, what's the plan here? You just fired everybody who was supposed to do the music. Like, what do you want to do? And he was like, have you ever heard of that, that record, Tubular Bells? Oh my God. So he just that. took music? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's, uh, that's an album. It's a very good album, Tubular Bells. It's like, uh, yeah, Mike Oldfield with this guy. He was making like progressive kind of electronic music in the 70s. It's pretty good. Similar to album. Suspiria. Uh, no, Suspiria was, I mean, there was a band who... No, yeah, no, I just mean Goblin, yeah. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. It's no, like similar sound ish. It's like the bells kind of thing. Yeah, that's also like a crowd rock thing, I guess you could call it. But the thing is, yeah, like Michael Field just recorded this album and it was just his album and they took it. Well, Goblin for Spirit, they, they played for the film. It was their music. Um, Interesting. Specifically for Oh, yeah, I know. I know. Um, I, I'm just saying, you know, it's, we're on a podcast. I, I know. Like, be, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> um there's the thing with her dad, which they kind of don't revisit at all. 
Yeah, but that is disappeared. Like he's, her dad, he's not in the film. He's in Rome. Yeah. He left and he's in Rome. Yeah, he's an asshole. But I, it seemed as though he was dead. She's like, I'll always love your father. And then you hear him on the phone like, what a fucking asshole. Uh, not even calling her. It's just the operator. It's the operator. And she's being up. horrible to the operator, very, by very the way. Very yeah, um, kind of upset. Yeah. Uh, rat noises, question mark. Um, <laughs> our lady is there. The priest. This is me ripping all my notes off. Yeah, children. Yeah. There's, the ch- the, there's the children. This is how I watch films when I'm um, doing something doing something with them. Oh, that's I used um, to do that in college. It's hard when you're watching a horror film, though, because you want to build the atmosphere. But you also yeah. want to see what you're writing. Yeah. So you have to find the balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, children. There was children wrestling at the doctor for some reason. That I was weird. That. Also, the, they talk, they're talking about all the things that are wrong with Regan. And it's like, well, you know, her temper. And there's a few like things that are like normal. And then he's like, also her math performance. <laughs> like, she's doing really bad at math. And that's the worst part. That's bad, you know. um, Just like you. Maybe that's what you identify Frick, with as well. I've got the devil yeah. in me. Well, we knew. We've been new. Oh, you're a woman. I am, yeah. I'm, I'm inherently satanic. Mm. Um... At the, oh yeah, at some point my lights started flickering. Mm. <laughs> but that just happens in your house. No, no, in my oh, room. Damn. Yeah. Mm. There, we have a ghost in our sitting room, but we're aware of that. Okay. Good. Um Okay. The piano playing priest who is gay. Regan has a bath. <laughs> I said this is she why you don't get carpet, because your child's gonna no, pee true, on so it. Then you have a maid who's gonna Exactly, you. horrible. Yes, she does. Yes, she does a good job. Then her weird thing. I've written "fuck me" in quotes. Um, <laughs> keep, <laughs> yeah. And then the doctors are like, "Do you keep any drugs in your house?" And she's like, "What?" And they're like, "Well, she's probably on acid or something." Said, yeah, she's like, "I don't even smoke grass." <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's not sure for this household. Oh my god! Why do you stash the drugs? We don't stash drugs in this household. We are a woman of God. We're gonna fight you. Oh my... in prison. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, spider walk. Should have bought Regan that horse. Yeah. That's in my notes. Yeah, yeah. Good. Um, yeah, you're saving bits for later. I like that. Yeah. Um... <laughs> you want to talk about that Barbie game with horses? Barbie racing ride. Oh, what an excellent game! Don't get me started on that. Palomino, Dapple Grey, um, the crew, yeah, lick me, spinning head. Yeah, spinning head is pretty cool. I mean, you can very clearly see now that it's uh, prosthetic, but still. Yeah, there's the weird altar boy thing. The thing about one of the things with Karis, and he's like, the altar boy comes back, but he's like, you know, Regan just says he says something like spare change for an altar boy an old altar boy or something and it's in the yeah. exact same voice and then she yeah. also says the thing about the mom and that's the one that sticks with him yeah. and it's like but how would she have known about the altar boy thing he just kind of forgets he's about just it. like trying to convince himself of something well we saw it what very, an idiot uh, what I think what I think about it, we saw it very clearly as a thing that happened in Karis's life where the guy asked him for money but I don't think he remembers it as well as we do because it's just his life it's I mean I, yeah I guess that's true yeah his um, mother definitely works more for him. Yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> um, the subliminal messages. The subliminal demon makeup was so bad. 
Which it was one? like Nosferatu or something. Oh yeah, the guy kind of pops up. Every yeah, once in a while. I hated that. I don't like when those things happen. They spook me. I kind of like it because I think it's very effective. It's effective. Yeah, it spooks me. Kind of spooky. He looks like Nosferatu. He looks like Nosferatu, but more white. Also, yeah, it's a lot like the guy from Lost Highway, like the mystery man from Lost Highway. Have you seen Lost Highway? No. Watch that next. That's that <laughs> fucking. That's one of the first films that like scared the fuck out of me. Oh. Uh, it was Mulholland Drive, and generally, like Lynch was the guy that spooked me out. Uh, Mulholland Drive scared the fuck out of me. It's not even a horror film. And Lost Highway is like it's more of a horror film, but also you know it's a David Lynch film more than anything. There's this one scene with yeah, this bold white dude, very white, like kind of looks like Nosferatu as well. He's called the Mystery Man. And there's just one oh. scene where he's at a party and they have a conversation. It's terrifying. I'm not gonna say what happens Spooky. because it's scary. spoilers. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, I think one thing I found is that it's this film scared me a lot when I was 15. Yeah. It just didn't really scare me this time at yeah. all. Like I was fully traumatized when I first yeah, saw it. Exactly. But you enjoyed it more. Um, this time. Yeah. No. I guess. I still. Don't, I don't know if I would revisit it. I don't yeah. know if I'd be like, I'm gonna watch The Exorcist. I think it's. There was. It's just for me. It was so slow. My my brain moves fast. very fast, mm-hmm. and it was just really slow. It is quite slow, like by today's standards. I guess. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I. I think I prefer. Kind of prefer like more more contemporary horror films, just because mm-hmm. they're just more. The pace aligns more with my brain. Definitely. And how do you feel like about other like seventies American films? Do you like that kind of stuff, or is that um, I feel like I don't like the seventies that much. Mm-hmm. Okay. As an era. Yeah. Oh, there's a doggy. Where is he here? I think I heard some feet. Yeah, that was a little bit. There's one film I'm googling it. Mm-hmm. Fuck, I typed it wrong. So it's called. Was it made in the seventies? Oh, it was the sixties. Carousel of Souls. Carousel of Souls. Have you not seen it? I love it. So I watched it for college. It's directed by Herc Harvey. Herc Harvey. Herc Harvey. Um, oh, Carnival of Souls. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so Candice. I, 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 I misheard it as uh, Carousel of Souls, and I was like, Oh, maybe that? that's what I said, but it is uh, in yeah. fact not what I meant. Carnival of Souls. Herc Harvey. <clears throat> Herc Harvey directed only this film. That's his only film. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. It's a yeah. I really film. like it. It's because it, that film really unsettles me. That is a because it's just film. so strange. Yeah. Um. I think I watched part of that on the dart at night time. Yeah. Um, which was spooky. There's also a spooky, like, a white guy in that film. Um, white men are always spooky. That's what I find. We are very spooky. Yes. Um, yeah, yes, I like... Yes, but that's, that's the true, 60s. Really. That is the 60s <laughs> I, th- I think I like the 60s, and I like the... I, there's something about the 70s <clears throat> film, for the most part, I don't like. Yeah. I think Suspiria, is that the 70s, or is it the 80s? Yeah, but that's an Italian film, so that's, you know, that's... It doesn't count. Because you know. I love Suspiria, but... Yeah. Oh, no, the 70s are a weird era of films for me. I can't think of many films that I like from the really? 70s. Yeah. I really like the 70s. I think, like, especially like American stuff, I think it starts working in the 70s. Like, I mean, I like American film in general, but like the 70s, like beginning of 70s, yeah, it starts working for me. So that's kind of how I see The Exorcist. Because, um, as part of that. The yeah. Halloween is the 70s. That's 78, that's later. Still the 70s, because I'm not a huge fan of Halloween either. Uh, I like it, but it's not like one of my favorites or anything like that. I think for for me, for horror, I really enjoy stupid teenager films. Yeah, yeah. Of like these teenagers and they're just being idiots, like Cabin in the Woods. Mm-hmm. That's like all the boys love Mandy Lane. That's why I like that film because it's just stupid. That's why I don't like Scream. that. Film, it's too stupid. <laughs> but it's also not like it's not. It tries to pretend it's, it's not. Ki- yeah, it's like not consciously stupid. It just is. 
But there's something, there's a lot of, I kind of like that film, the way it looks. I like the way it's filmed. I hate how it's filmed. It looks yeah. terrible. But we, we can talk about it <laughs> at a different time. Oh my God, this still pissed me off so much. <laughs> but uh, I generally agree with the sentiment of like, if I want to watch a horror film, if I want to be like, have a good time, because that's why I associate with horror films, then yeah, I'm going to watch, you know, a slasher yeah. film I found from the 80s, which is a piece of shit I'm more into know. I'm more into slasher films than I are I haven't I haven't seen many like ghosty films this yeah. is probably one of the only like supernatural films I've seen like supernatural ghosty yeah. possession-y ones oh, okay. I can't like I've seen I'm trying to think of the second horror film I ever watched I think it was The Haunting in Connecticut or The oh, Haunting no. of Connecticut it wasn't good I know it also horrified me and my friends but I don't it's that it was that period of time when you're a teenager and you're like let's watch scary films and you realize you're like a group of terrified 15 year olds yeah. and that's a bad idea uh, yeah I, unfortunately I missed that period in my life it's... being a terrified teenage girl yeah mostly yeah. because I didn't have friends I guess when, 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 yeah, <laughs> that's generally... the determining factor <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah I, I never watched like horror film. I had never had that experience of like being together and watching a horror film until we were like 16 and watched Evil Dead 2 together and that changed my life Oh. Uh, but before that, not really. You know, I was I was never twelve or thirteen, and we never like found a DVD somewhere. Of, like, I was never twelve or thirteen. <laughs> so I, I went ten, eleven, fourteen. Full of black. To drink too much vodka, and <laughs> normal part of a Polish boy's life. But, yes, uh, you no, just lost the, them. the thing is, like, yeah, horror films were just not a part of my life for a very long time because I just thought I don't like them it was just like it's not a thing yeah I was the same I was it was only when I was like 20 21 22 later, yeah and it was quite like because it was for me it was in college when we had to watch Scream yeah and I watched it and I loved it yeah it's a good start yeah it is a good start it's a very good it's a good entry point yeah definitely. I think supernatural films aren't a good entry point to horror I think you get to a point in horror where you're like like for me I think a supernatural film would probably scare me a lot more than mm-hmm. a slasher a slasher doesn't really scare me mm-hmm. it gives me kind of the anticipation and stuff but i'm not necessarily scared mm-hmm. gotcha. yeah. at, a, at my core i guess it depends on what you want if you're scared that yeah. uh, you know a horror film is gonna scare you if you're like that's not a you know an experience i want to have yeah it's t- it's, there's two different experiences Definitely. yeah and i i don't know like i i also i think felt very um uncomfortable with the idea of being scared by a film at the start because I was like I just want to have a good time like I, I don't know I just want to watch Twilight but actually it turns out the opposite I love having a bad time yeah I, I like being scared I love it you love having a bad time I you love, love watching terrible films I love it oh my god <laughs> I love uh, that's like it's just, you know I, I right now I feel a lot more closer to like what John Waters said uh, sorry I'm bringing him up yeah, <laughs> yeah I bring up John Waters a lot but John Waters said I don't go to the cinema to have a good time. I'm already having a good time because he's a very jolly. But you're not man. having a good time. Ah, I think I'm pretty. <laughs> I say a lot of shit, but you know what? I, you know, having a good time. I'm okay, you know. So, and I love going to the cinema and having a bad time. I love it. I love, you know, it's it's terrible sometimes, but yeah, yeah it's good. What film are we gonna watch for next week? That's a great I question. say next week. Will it be that? Yeah, it so, will. Maybe, it yeah, will. Let's yeah. be on schedule. Yeah. Great, yeah, let's do it next week. Uh, I don't know, we can talk about that. We can think about it. There's one more thing I want to talk about. No, forbidden. Uh, I'm turning off the microphone. Beep. And we're back. We <laughs> <laughs> laughed too hard, so we have to cut it out. No. Oh, sorry. No, we're going to keep it. Anyways, um, 
Uh, I just want to talk about Billy Friedkin, William Friedkin. Did, did you see Billy? Your Billy. good friend yeah, Billy. Billy. I have yeah. no idea. Googled him. I don't think I have. It's just called him Billy the documentary. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah, um, yeah. William Friedkin. So I don't think I have. It's kind of funny when you think about William Friedkin's career and when the extra shit comes in. Like everybody's career at that time is a fucking crazy, you know, thing that could never happen again. Uh-huh. And it's the same with Scorsese, it's the same with Coppola, who's like the biggest filmmaker in the world after making an artsy three hour film about the mafia. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's the same with William Friedkin, who gets an Oscar for the French Connection, which is, uh, you know, an action film, but definitely a good one. I hate action films. Um, and then he does this next. It's like, Jesus. Yeah, it's like oh, the man. weird jump. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen any of these. His career in the 70s is very interesting. Uh, I've seen some of them. I haven't seen that much of William Friedkin in general. Uh, I saw The Exorcist. I saw The French Connection. Uh, I haven't seen Sorcerer, um, which is more like one of his bigger ones. I've seen To Live and Die in L.A., and I don't have much of a relationship with that film in general. But uh, he made a film a few years ago, maybe like 10 at this point, which is called Killer Joe, which is kind of interesting. Which is this this weird? That's the one I just happened upon. I think the yeah. poster is a chicken nugget. Yeah, that's the chicken nugget one. Which was the uh, I'm not gonna spoil it. You kind of seen it. Uh, but there's a scene involving chicken wings, which is quite. Uh, yeah, it's easy to remember. That. Matthew McConaughey's in it. That's correct, and that's before Matthew McConaughey like really like. Yeah, played. 2011. Yeah. Uh, so and that's an interesting film, and I recommend it. It's based on the play, and it is very theatrical. I think, unfortunately. Um, so that's kind of good. Like Fences? Uh, I don't think it's anything like Fences. I haven't seen <laughs> Fences, but what I imagine Fences to be like is it's not like that. This is quite, you know, it, it's got this like B-movie, like exploitation film vibe to it, which is kind of interesting. And it is quite like, it works. Juno Temple is in this. And she's yeah, great. I saw. I love Juno Temple. Oh my God, Juno Temple does not get enough credit. And Thomas Hayden Church. Oh yeah, he's also there. He's in, um, he's in... George of the Jungle. Is that true? Yeah. I don't remember that. Yes, it is. He plays um, he plays <laughs> Thomas Hayden. He plays the guy who falls in shit. Oh, oh my God! Yeah, there is a memory. He's in my so head. funny in it. Oh fuck! Yeah, George of the Jungle. That's a big hit. I love that film so much. It's a good film. I'm, I'm in love with Brendan Fraser. Yeah, Brendan Fraser is a. Uh... A gem. Sad story, but he is a gem. Yeah, he is a sad yeah. story. Sad and also, who else? Is it? That's a good film. The second one isn't great. It's the the one who's married to John Apatow. What's her name? Oh, oh uh, that's her name is uh, Le- Leslie. I was gonna say, I think her name is Leslie. Leslie Apatow. Her name is not Apatow. Uh, Leslie, because it begins with a K. You know what the George of the Jungle is called in Polish? No. George from the tree. <laughs> I think it worked for them for uh, in the song. Like, oh, George, George, George in the tree. Leslie Mann. Leslie Mann, which is ironic because she's a woman. Uh, <laughs> I paused the podcast. Okay. No, uh, also, John Cleese in that film? He's yeah, he plays the, the monkey. The ape. The ape man. An ape named Ape. Yeah, yeah. That's his full name. He's uh, the like very smart. He's like um, George's dad. Is that what we're watching next week? George the Jungle, <laughs> the famous horror film? Ten minute long podcast. <laughs> well, it is a bit scary when um, when when she, you know, when she's gone. What? <laughs> I don't know. 
That's okay. We've been talking a while. That's okay. Yeah, what will we watch next week? That's a great question. Horror uh, film. I have a few ideas. You have the idea of doing Let the Right One In plus Twilight. Twilight. I love both of those films. I also think I own Let the Right One In, do I? Do you? Because I look forward. No, forbidden. I have the book. I think Twilight's on Netflix. So. Twilight oh, is yeah, on yeah, Netflix. I also Netflix. own Twilight, though. Um, I did have. We'll save it for the podcast. We're going to talk about Twilight and that threat one in. Because okay, I did that in college. I'm kind of interested in watching Twilight again. I think it's going to be hard, but I can do it's it. It's an excellent film. I love that the right one in, so, you know, that's fine. I, you know, there, there are, like, lots of horror films I want to talk about. I would love to talk about Possession, which is, anyway, a Polish guy. We just did. And Dzhuwowski, yeah. We talked about Possession. Kind of, yeah, but it's a very <laughs> different film. Um, you know, I'd love to talk about Evil Dead and all that shit, but I don't know. We can do a back and forth. You choose one week, yeah. I choose another. You chose yeah. The Exorcist, I think. Yeah, that was like a... Yeah, what to say. I choose Twilight and the let, right, let the right one in. Right. Do we watch Let Me In as well? I've never we, seen if, it. Me neither. If we have time. Yeah, I can watch it. I say we. We watch this separately so that we don't... Um, so that we don't accidentally talk about it. Well, we do it because of you. Excuse me? <laughs> well, you, you told me that if you're watching a film with somebody, you, you feel like the need to comment. Well, oh, that's up. true as well. Yeah. yeah. So I thought this was like an, you know, a, an opportunity for you to watch the film yourself instead of somebody. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, I can do it as well. It's better to watch it and then at a later stage mm. revisit it. Because mm. otherwise you just are naturally going to react in certain ways. I think. Yeah. I, I, also, I, I can only watch Twilight by myself. It's a very personal experience. That's fine. <laughs> okay. I'm looking forward to watching Twilight by myself in my living room. And my flatmate walking in on this and being like, Good. Hello. Excellent. And let the right one in. And let the right one in. And let me in. I think let me in was on Netflix for a while. I don't think it's I think it was. I'm not sure it's there anymore. Probably not. It's okay. We'll find it. We'll find it. We'll do it. All right. So that's what we're doing next. Yay. Yay. Next week. We uh, have a plan. Twilight. Vampires. Teenagers. Uh, Abby. And, and kids. Abby. Mache. Mache. Podcast. Yeah, we don't have a name. Alright, so I'm gonna. Do you want to say anything else for the people in the the ether? Um, goodbye. Thanks for 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 for, um, thank you for um. So thank you for joining us. Um, bye. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, this is the first episode. This is still the first episode. Yes, we've gone back in time. Hundred percent. The change in sound quality—that's just your head. Yeah. You are crazy. Psychological. Mm. So, Mache, fuck, haunt, kill, The Exorcist. Go. Um, I am not prepared for this because it's the first episode. So <laughs> that's the first time we played this game, and I didn't know. You know, that's okay. Uh, the who would I fuck? From The Exorcist. God, I... Okay, I, ask me. Okay, fuck, haunt, kill. The Exorcist, go. Okay, um, wait. <laughs> I'm sorry, I needed to burp. That's okay. Um, okay, fuck. Um... Do you remember the character names? Because I don't remember no, the names um, of the characters. No, I think maybe I would fuck... I think, feel like Karis is like the... Oh, you fuck Karis? I think he's the only option, really. You're like the boxer. Um, yeah... He's got nice hair. Um, 
haunt. I would definitely haunt. What's her name? Mrs. Whatever. Mrs. McLean. What's her name? Chris. Chris. I would definitely haunt. Oh, that so you change who's being haunted? Yeah, yeah. I would mm-hmm. definitely. It's so like I would like to fuck Karis. Okay. Right. I'd Good. be happy to do the deed with him. Okay. I hate Chris, so I would haunt her. So you haunt her. That's okay. Stupid bitch. And then I would kill. Um. Hmm. Who would I kill? I feel like my instinct says Regan. Okay. Not even the demon. You don't like Regan. I wouldn't kill the demon. I'd kill her when she's not possessed. Not when as she's an act possessed, of mercy, she, though. When she's possessed, she's like, I can vibe with her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hate that stupid horse girl bitch. You don't like horse... Yeah, okay. I hate you, it. You don't like any female character in The Exorcist. In The Exorcist exclusively. I, okay. To be fair, I don't like any of the characters, really. Don't like Harris. Well, well, you'd fuck him. I don't need to like him. That's That's true. That 2019, baby. All right. Okay. Uh, great. That is great material. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know. Uh, all right. So I would fuck uh, the priest who plays the piano. I oh, like true. And guy. he'd fuck you back. And he would fuck me back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I like musical talent. And um, he, he seems like the sensitive boy out of the priests, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'd say he's got the most sexual energy of everybody in the film. That's true. Raw sexual energy. Yeah, because he is an actual priest. <laughs> <laughs> the sexiest of all. So that's, the, that's the, where the sex is coming from. But okay. no, like Karis is, you know, I get the Karis bit, but he's very uh, rough, you know. I don't know mm. if that's my thing, really. Okay. Uh, but uh, as a straight man, I would fuck the, the priest who plays the piano. Okay, the that's straight. That's very straight. Yeah. That's very straight. Yeah, yeah. Um, no homo. Is that what you still say? That's a very old um, thing. It's in fact gay to say no homo. It's like that Lonely Island song, No Homo. Have you ever heard that? I think I have, but I don't remember the, the content. It's pretty funny. It starts with like, no homo, like we go to the gym and it yeah, ends with like, let's do human centipede, no homo, you know? <laughs> Good stuff. Okay, Anyways, who would you haunt? I would haunt... I think I would haunt the director guy. Burke? Who dies. Yeah, Burke. I think mm. I would haunt him because he's annoying. And yeah. he deserves, like, the worst. Like, he deserves worse than what he gets because he just falls out of the window. But he's an asshole and, like, a racist. Yeah, and, and I mean, what was he doing in her room? Yeah, exactly. Not good. No bueno. Haunt him. So Satan can just come into him. Um, so I would haunt him just so that he knows the pain because he <laughs> deserves it. <laughs> okay. Um... And I would kill all the doctors. <laughs> Every doctor. Fuck yeah, him. Fair. Yeah. That's fair. Actually, I might... They maybe suck. I would fuck the, the doctor who, um, who like, consults with Chris. Oh, the first one. Mm. Okay. Maybe. He's all right. I don't know. I'll stick with Karis. Good. Okay, interesting. Mm. That's great. And it's great that we recorded this um, during the first episode. Yeah, that's great. It's really good we recorded this um, right on time. Exactly. That is right at the end of the first episode. Mm-hmm. Hey, fuck, hunt, kill. It has to be there because it's that's the name of the show. <laughs> How could we have recorded this? Like, you know, record the first episode and not do it. Like, that wouldn't make that no would sense. That would be ridiculous. That would be ridiculous. Wow. Okay. Thank you, everyone. Bye.